Hey, this is Pastor Matt. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we pray it speaks to you in a life-changing way. If you have your Bibles this morning, we want you to grab them and, and turn, if you would, to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. If you have your pen and paper or something to take notes with on your phone or an iPad, Grab that. You're going to want to take notes this morning. Let's see what God says to us in His Word. How many believes when you open up this Word of God, He speaks to us? Amen? Oh, that was pretty bad. How many believes when you open up His Word, He speaks to us? We are in church today, right? Amen. I get an opportunity. I get it, uh, to teach at the Bible College. And my first year, uh, the first year students that I have, it's a subject, the miracles of Jesus. I love teaching that subject. But really, I don't even tell them till about halfway through the semester. The point of it really isn't for me to teach the miracles of Jesus. The point of it is for me to teach them how to pick up the Bible and read it for themselves and learn what the Word of God's saying to them. And it's really what it's all about. And we all need to learn this. The concept that we can pick up the Bible, pick up His Word, read it, and see what God is saying to us. And it's always, I love watching those students. They'll come in, and most of them are obviously, they're Christians when they get there, but a lot of them have never learned to read the Bible really on their own, to hear the voice of God on their own, and it's always exciting to see God open up their understanding and the revelation that God speaks to us in His Word. And, and I think as a church, we all need to understand this. We can pick this Bible up and read it, and God will share something with us every time if we just allow His Holy Spirit to speak to us. Amen. John chapter 6. If you have your word, turn there this morning, your phone or whatever it is that you use for Scripture. John chapter 6 is one of the, I just think it's one of the greatest miracles. I love it. John chapter 6 is the story of Jesus feeding 5,000. Now, like a couple chapters later, He feeds 4,000 and another great story. But this particular time He's, reading, he's feeding 5,000 people. You've probably heard this story. It's just with a few loaves of bread, five loaves, two fish. He does this awesome miracle. He, he brings these people to gather and multiplies these five loaves and two fish to the point that he feeds 5,000 people with them. And I, I just love the miracle. I would have loved to have seen it. If, if I could pick some of the miracles to, in the Bible to have seen, this would be one of them. Jesus here, he's preparing. He gives it to the disciples. Disciples actually take it, break it, give it out to the people. 5,000 men. They estimate 10 to 12,000 people were actually there. 10 to 12,000 people eating all you can eat, fish and chips, right? And, and they're just having a great time. And finally, after it was all over, Jesus says something, and it, was, it stood out to me the other day. And in John chapter 6, Verse 12 says this, And when they were full, everyone say full. Yeah. When they were full, he told his disciples, collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Jesus does this great miracle. He feeds 5,000 men, 10 to 12,000 people, 
Everyone is astonished. Everyone's enjoying the miracle. The Bible says, and they're all full. It is a great day. They're celebrating it, and they're just, they can't believe what just happened. The disciples are all astonished, and Jesus looks at them, and he says something that just, it's unbelievable to me. He says, now I want you to collect the leftovers. The leftovers. And I'm reading this thinking, Jesus, why are you even concerned about the leftovers? You just multiplied five loaves and two fish. You fed ten to 12,000 people, and he's concerned with the leftovers. And then I realized something. I realized as I was reading it, I think I may be a leftover. I think I may be a leftover. In fact, I think some of you may be leftovers. So this morning, we're just going to look at this subject, leftovers. Leftovers. There's, I've learned a couple things in life and along the way, like the rest of us have. And There's two types of people in the world. Now, I know some of you are going, yeah, I know, like male and female, right? Well, we definitely believe that, yes. And yes, there are separates, and I get there's, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Some of you automatically, when I said there's two types of people, some of you probably leaned over to your spouse and already said it, Democrat, Republican, right? And I get it, two different maybe types of people, I don't know. But then I, I really learned something else because over the years, especially doing what we do, you, you get to go out to eat fairly frequently. I say get to. That's not even the point. You have to sometimes. We, we, we go out to eat, and after the dinner, the waiter or waitress comes by, and they always ask this one question. Would you like a to-go box? And that's when you know there's two types of people in the world. There's two types of people. You can, we'll have a potluck dinner or some sort of dinner at church, and afterwards when we're cleaning up, you learn real quickly, there's two types of people. There's those who go, you can't throw that away. That's a half of a hamburger patty. That needs to go home with someone, right? And then there's the other person, probably that leans toward my side of things, where you just go, it's going to the dumpster. There's two types of people, those who are always concerned with the leftovers and those who just aren't. And, and I was thinking a little bit about this story, how Jesus here, he's telling his disciples, collect the leftovers, collect the leftovers. Jesus was actually concerned with the leftovers. And my question is, why? Why would he be concerned with the leftovers? What would be the point of being concerned with the leftovers? Recently, Stephanie and I, if you attend here, you know this, we have recently bought a house in the last nine or ten months or a year, whatever it's been. We, we've bought a house knowing that that house needed to be remodeled, and it's been a job, it's been a lot of work, and uh, it really just has been overwhelming at times. And we begin remodeling this house. Now, I am so fortunate, and the church has been so fortunate over the years. Uh, let me see, Joe's sitting right there. I didn't tell him I was going to use him this morning in, a, in my sermon, but Joe, Joe has, a, he has a wood shop in his backyard, and Joe has helped us out a lot on this house, more than, more than he thought he was going to, I'm sure. And, and uh, it's become a big job over time. And I would go over to Joe's, I'd go over to Joe's workshop and help him. We'd buy a board, and I would a 10-foot board, and I might only need four foot of it. And, and he would take the other six foot, and he would put it back. And I would think, well, that's going to make good kindling or something. And 
Joe goes, no, we'll hold on to that. You may need it. And I think, I don't know, Joe, I'll just buy another board until you realize how expensive a board is. Now you're, you're saving every splinter, right? And, and, and so help me, it would never fail. Two days later, I'd be like, I need another four-foot board. I need to go to Joe's because Joe learned to keep the leftover. He learned to keep the leftover. How many of you have ever went to your refrigerator door, you open it up, you see something like this, and you look in there and you go, I don't even know what that is. Is anyone brave enough to raise your hand? How many has ever looked, opened it up and you looked and you went, I still don't know what it is. Doesn't smell familiar. <laughs> Shove the lid back on. Now the real question. How many has ever thrown away a piece of Tupperware because you didn't want to clean it out? Uh-huh. That's leftovers. That's leftovers for you. Joe was intelligent enough along the way to go, Matt, don't throw away the leftovers. You're probably going to need them someday. We've also had the opportunity recently while we were remodeling the house to go do some shopping for some flooring. Now, you're going to hear about something in the near future here at our church that we're going to be replacing some flooring, and we're going to need your help in some of this, and we'll talk about it later. But we've had the opportunity to replace some flooring in this house. In fact, a lot of it. And something that we've learned along the way when you're shopping for flooring, you go into the carpet store and it smells, don't you love the smell of new carpet? It smells so good, it's like, oh, that smells good. I'm pretty sure they're pumping it through the, you know, through the heating and air system. And it smells so good, and you walk in and you they have all these nice pieces of carpet. You you can't help it. You know, you just have to touch it. And it's like, oh, that feels good. And I can feel my toes on that. You know, that's going to be good. And you enjoy and you look and it's beautiful and all this flooring. But most flooring companies, there's a room in the back. Now, some of you are way too highfalutin to ever get to this point. I get it. But for all of you normal folk, there's a room in the back. Now, that room's not near as fancy. In fact, it's normally lit up with some sort of cheap light bulbs and you know, it looks terrible and it doesn't smell so nice. But you walk back in through the fancy showroom and back some hallway and they open these doors and you walk in and that's where you find what they call the remnants. Yeah, the remnants. You know what the remnants are? The remnants are the leftovers. That's when you've done a big job. Maybe you came in here and laid all this carpet in this room and you had, had a piece of carpet left They'll roll it up, and they will keep it, and they'll put it back in the back room called the remnants. You can go back there, and you can find some deals. If you're getting ready to do some flooring, you need to go to the remnant room. That's where you find the deals. You go back there and look around. Now, is it, is it like as nice and pretty as what's up front? No, probably not. I mean, it's the same stuff, but just not as pretty. Is it, is it as nice of a showroom? No, absolutely not. You go back, and it's just rolls of carpet. And pieces, and they'll say 12 by 18, 12 by 10. And, but what's crazy is if you have a 10 by 10 room, that 12 by 10 carpet remnant is perfect for the job. It's perfect for the job. That's the room where, where a lot of people would do a job and they would just throw away the waste. They would throw away the leftovers. They would throw it away because it's not 
as pretty. It's not as new. It's just a useless piece of carpet. It's a useless piece of flooring. But that's actually where you go back and you can find some deals. I was thinking a little bit about the leftovers. Why was Jesus so concerned with the leftovers? Why would he be so concerned with the leftovers? He just produced enough food in a second to feed 5,000 men. Why would he be concerned with the leftovers? The, the parts that people would normally throw out, the parts that normally others may look at and say, that's not good enough for me. The, the ones that people might look at and go, oh, that's a scrap. It's not needed. Yet God looked and said, I like the leftovers. I like the leftovers. Those pieces of carpet back in the back room that everyone else has forgotten about. Oh, they may be a little damaged. The line may not be cut perfectly straight. But I love leftovers. Back in the back room where people's forgotten about it and people have been broken and people have been hurt. Back here in the back room where it's not lit up quite as well. That's where you go find deals. That's the leftovers. I remember reading the story when Jesus called Peter. I remember when I read it the first time and it just stood out to me so well. I was just a young person. When he came along and he called Peter, Jesus comes up to Peter. Peter's not even a, he doesn't even know who Jesus really is. He walks over to Peter and Jesus has this great big crowd of people and he's, and, and he's at the ocean side and he steps into Peter's boat. And he, and he says, Peter, let's just cast a little bit. He pulls out just a little bit. He preaches to everyone. And then afterwards, he tells Peter, Peter, go out to the deep. Let's let down the nets. And Peter's like, hey, I've been fishing all night long. We've caught nothing. And Jesus said, let's just go out to the deep. And Peter said something. He said, at your word. And they shove the boat out a little further, and they go out to the deep waters because, honestly, to get what God wants for you in your life, eventually you have to get out of the out of the shallow water and go to the deep. And, and they cast out and they go out and they throw their nets into the water and, and they catch such a catch of fish that it was nearly sinking the boats. And when they came back to shore, they were so excited with their catch. And Peter looked up at this man standing in his boat who did this miracle. And the Bible says something like this. Peter fell at his feet. And he said this, I'm a sinner. And then he said, Jesus, you shouldn't even be around me. You need to leave. I'm a sinner. I am the wrong guy for you to be around. I am a nobody. I am a broken man. I am a mess. I, I'm a disaster. You shouldn't even be. I'm an old fisherman. You should hear how I talk when you're not here. You should hear how I talk, preacher, when I'm not at church. You don't understand. You don't understand how of a mess I... And Jesus looks at this man. And he says something like this. Simon, follow me. Now what's crazy about this story is this. Peter at that time, Simon, was nothing but a leftover. That's all he was. He was just a leftover. He was the one that everyone else was just kind of going, oh, that's Peter. Brash, loud, obnoxious, that's Peter. Doesn't serve the Lord for sure, that's Peter. That's him. 
He, Jesus, do you realize Jesus passed up a lot of people that were better than Peter before he got to Peter? He may have walked right past the synagogue on his way to the seaside. He may have walked right past the church doors and looked in and saw the, the most decorated high priest. He could have looked in there and went, that's not who I'm looking for. He could have walked right past the, the, the nice uh, department stores and looked in, that's not who I'm looking for. The universities, he could have went past, that's not who I'm looking for. He could have even went all the way to Kentucky to the revival. If you haven't heard. That's not who I'm looking for. Aren't you glad sometimes Jesus is willing to walk through the showroom to get to the remnants? I'm glad he's willing to walk through the showroom because honestly, I wasn't showroom worthy. I wasn't. I wasn't showroom worthy. I still look at myself sometimes and go, I don't know if I'm showroom worthy. Don't put me out front. Like I need to be back in that room with the old, dirty, dusty, rolled-up carpets. Aren't you glad God doesn't throw away every scrap? Aren't you glad he loves those who are the leftovers? This morning, I want us to understand something. I don't care what you thought of yourself when you walked in this door. When you yourself are being judged by God, you are a leftover. When you're talking about the man who, who, the God of all gods who created the universe, who spoke life into existence, when you're talking about a God who the Bible says owns the cattle on a thousand hills, trust me, you are a leftover. And we all ought to be glad God looks down at us and says, I'm still concerned with the leftovers. I'm still concerned with the leftovers. I'm still concerned with those who are left over. I, I get it. I get it. God's done some wonderful things in our life, and I get it. He's brought us from one place to another. But you need to understand, in, in the Scripture, with Romans chapter 4, Paul says something about God. He says, God calls things into existence, that those things that don't even exist, He calls into existence. He sees things that no one else sees. He can walk into the remnant room and go, these pieces are perfect for what I need. He can walk down to the seashore and say, that Peter, oh, he's a scoundrel. And he's a loud guy and he can be obnoxious, but he's perfect for what I need. He's perfect for what I need. That leftover is perfect for what I need. The other day, Jose and I were over around his house and and I, we pulled up, I was dropping him off, I believe. And I looked over, and there was this old piece of junk chair. It had no bottom on it. It was just the frame of the chair, wood chair. And I said, hey, Jose, whose is that? He said, I don't know. It's been out there for the trash. So what do I do? I take a picture of it. I send it to Steph. I said, hey, Steph, would you like this chair? I wasn't even surprised. Yes, bring it home. Now, one person's throwing that thing away. And then there's another person going, I see something in that chair. It's not there yet. It's not there. Oh, don't, 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 don't get me wrong. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. You're just the old rickety chair that God looked at and went, oh, someone was going to throw that away. And that's a leftover. And I could take that leftover, and I could put a little stain on it, 
and I can get my husband to cut out a bottom for that thing, and I can get my husband to screw that in tighter, and I can get my husband to probably spray that, paint that thing before it's over, that's going to look good because Stephanie sees all kinds of things that I can make pretty. It's not hard. She saw something that no one else was seeing. Here's what I'm glad that God does. I'm glad God looks down on us and he says, I see something no one else sees it. I get it. I get it when I understand. We've all heard the testament if you've been here. I get Keith's story. I get when others looked at him and said, oh, no, that's never going to happen. When his parole officer said, he'll never make it. So glad God looks at us with a different eye. I'm glad God looks at us with an eye of grace and an eye of mercy. He's a visionary, and he sees something. He goes, I see something in him that no one else sees. And everyone else may be going, that's trash, and that's no one, and that's just a throwaway. And, but God comes around and goes, I love leftovers. I love the remnants. Give me the scraps. I can turn something into something beautiful if you just give me the scraps. If you just let me have it, if you just open up the Tupperware, give me the scraps. I can do something with that. God sees things we don't see. He understands things that we don't understand. We can, we can look at it and go, I don't know if it's even possible. No, understand this real quickly. God uses leftovers. Now, we have Tupperware. We have Tupperware in our, in our I, I just opened up our refrigerator actually this morning. And I looked in, I went, huh. That thing of fruit's been in there for. Now, you would think Matt would go, well, that needs thrown away. What did I do? Shoved it to the back, right? Shoved it for the back. God doesn't just shove the leftovers to the back. He actually gets them out and uses them. All through the Bible, God used the leftovers. All through the Bible, God used leftovers. He never, rarely did God ever just go to the top of the top and pick those people. And that's what I would think I would do. If I were God, that's exactly what I think I would do. But David was a leftover. Samuel was going to anoint the next king. And, and of all things, all of his brothers who were older and bigger and stronger and smarter, they all lined up, and none of them were the right person. And then Samuel said, do you have any other children? Do you have any other kids? Well, the father said, yeah, I have one. He's a little squirt. He's out there watching sheep. Samuel said, well, bring him in. Of all the people that was supposed to be the anointed king, it was the leftover. It was the one that was left over. It was the one that was overlooked. It was the one that, that remained. Elijah goes to a widow one day in the middle of a drought, and they're getting ready to die. They're getting ready to eat their last meal. And Elijah says, what do you have left over? What do you have left over? I want to use it. If you just let me have your leftover, I'll use it. If you let me have your leftover, I'll do something great with it. Ruth, Ruth in the Bible, a lady in the Bible named Ruth, Ruth found the love of her life by the avenue and by the way of leftovers. She, she was just following, she was following a man by the name of Boaz. Who, hey, hey come here just a second, Jackson. Jackson's going to play Boaz for a minute. Walk right across there and act like you're throwing out some seed, right? Or, or picking up plants. Pick, act like you're picking up plants. There you go. There you go. Get real aggressive with it now. And when they would pick up plants, so stop right there a second. Right there. When they'd be picking up plants, 
and picking and, and reaping the harvest, that culture they would leave a little bit behind because the poor, the poor people would come in and they would what they would call glean. They would come in, they'd pick up the leftovers. And little Ruth was over gleaning behind handsome Boaz. Now turn around again and act like you're going that direction. There you go. And, and she would just come in behind him and pick up all of the leftovers. Then one day, well, thank you, handsome. You're good. You can be seated now. One day, uh, I don't know if that's a girl or God, but someone's whistling. The, the, because of the leftovers, and she was walking behind him, gleaning that leftover, Boaz turned around and went, whoa, who is that? Caught his eye. Eventually, he started talking to her. Eventually, he started telling his, his servants, he said, hey, hey, when you see Ruth coming, throw out a lot, like piles of it out for her. So she'd come in and just have buckets full. Eventually, they started talking, they started dating, and eventually they got married. Eventually, they're having children, and eventually they gave, they gave birth to a son, and that son was the grandpa of King David. All because of leftovers. All because she was willing to get the leftovers. I, I thought about Gideon, who started out with 32,000 men. He was going to go into battle with 32,000 men. He had all the guys lined up. He had a great army of men, and God said, that's too many. I want you to cut it down. And he started cutting it down and cutting it down. Do you know he got all the way down to 300 men before God would let him go to battle? 32,000 to 300. He just had the leftovers. And God said, now that we're down to the leftovers, we'll win a battle. Now that we're down to the leftovers, we'll go, we'll go fight the fight. Elijah thought he was a fo- the only follower of God. Elijah thought at one point, the prophet Elijah thought he was the only one left who was a prophet of God. And God finally set him down. He said, Elijah, I have 7,000 leftovers. 7,000 leftovers. You're not the only leftover. You're not the only leftover. I have 7,000 other ones. Noah in the Bible. Noah was that remnant. He was that one that remained. He was the one that was left over. When everyone else was being washed out, he was the one who obeyed God and followed God and, and heard his voice and did exactly what God had him to do. He was that remnant. He was that leftover. He was the one who remained. And, and I think, church, we need to understand this today. God loves leftovers, and he uses leftovers. And here's what's crazy. When I was reading this a while back, I began saying this, God, I don't need to be first. I'm okay with being a leftover. Because I see you do some awesome things with leftovers. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being a leftover. I think too many Christians consider themselves too good, too high, too mighty, too smart, too intelligent, too educated, too fancy, too wealthy to ever be considered a leftover. I'm going to tell you what God does. He'll walk right through your showroom to get to the leftovers because that's who he uses. Don't find yourself thinking you're too good for that. Don't find yourself doing that. Don't find yourself going, I, I, I can't talk to them. Uh, they're not on my level. What are we talking about here? 
What are we talking about? God loves leftovers. God uses those who remain. God uses the remnants that others would throw out and others would get rid of. God comes in and that's what he handpicks. And God is still looking for the leftovers. He is, if you're going to make it and you're going to become a, a, a child of God and you're going to walk this walk out and, and live this life of faith, you might as well right now decide in your heart and in your spirit, I'm okay with being a leftover. I'm okay with being a remnant. I'm okay with being the one that remains. I'm okay with that. In fact, you might want to go ahead and settle it now. When everyone else runs away and everyone falls off, I'm okay with being the one that's standing. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being the remnant. I'm okay with being the one that remains. I'm okay with being the leftover. When everyone else is walking away, when everyone else is going a different direction, I'm okay with standing in the Word of God. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with basing my faith and my beliefs on the, on the Word of God. I'm okay with that. doesn't matter what popular opinions are going around today. That's okay. It doesn't matter. I'm all right. I'm okay with being a leftover. I'm all right with that. John chapter 6, we were just reading the story of feeding the 5,000. And if you bump on down, bump on down, if you would, to, to verse 60. Verse 60. Therefore, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, by the way. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Jesus just got finished teaching about himself being the sacrifice. And he was talking about giving his body and his blood and he was going to be the sacrificial lamb, and they were just confused, and they didn't understand it, and it was getting too deep, and they wasn't sure if they were buying. They bought into the, the, to the fish and loaves, but they wasn't sure if they were buying into this. It says this in verse 60, that it became tough, and the, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Verse 61, Jesus knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, he asked them, does this offend you? Then, then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he, where he was before, the ascension? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help it at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they're life. But there are some among you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and the ones who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it's granted to him by the Father. From that moment, everyone say moment. Yeah. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied or followed Jesus. At that moment, at that moment, many said, I'm not doing it. At that moment, many said, I'm not willing with being a leftover. At that moment, I'm not willing to be a remnant. I, I'm not willing to do that. At that moment, I'm not willing to be the one that remains. It says, many of them turned and walked off. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. So Jesus said to the 12, 12 of them said, can you imagine? Can you imagine being in a room 
this room is just packed full of people, and Jesus starts teaching, and they just start walking out, walking out, walking out. And when it's all said and done, there's like a row of them left. And Jesus looks at the row left. There's 12 disciples who are left, and he says to them, look what he says. You don't want to go away too? You don't want to leave as well? Everyone else is walking away. You don't want to? Everyone else is leaving. You don't want to go? What's wrong with you 12? Why aren't you leaving? Everyone else in this room got up and walked out, and you you remained. You're the leftovers. You're the ones who are left. Why didn't you leave? Peter, of all people, we were just talking about him. Peter says, Lord, to whom would we go? Where would I go? When it's all over, where would I go, Jesus? Where would I go? I'm following you. I've already declared that. I decided to follow you. I don't care who leaves. I'm following you. Where else would I go? Where could I go that that a person could come by and feed 5,000? Where else could I go that a person would get in my boat and tell me to go out into the deep and we'd catch a boatload of fish? Where else? I don't know where else I would go. Of course I'm staying. Of course I'm willing to remain. Of course I'm willing to be the remnant. Everyone else wanted to throw me out, and everyone else told me I was no good. When I was a child, my parents told me I was no good, and my uncle told me I was no good. When I became a young adult, I was told I was no good. All through my life, I was told that. Then you came along and said, I want you to follow me. Where else would I go? No one else is asking me to follow them. Where else would I turn? Peter and the disciples at that moment decided, it's okay, I'll be the remnant. I'll be the leftover. It's okay. I'll be that one. I'll be that one when when everyone else leaves. I'll be the one staying. It's okay. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to be that person. Jesus looks down, he sees 12 raggedy, dirty, smelly guys who said, I'm willing to be the leftovers. I'm willing to remain when everyone else leaves. I was thinking a little bit about this story and how I realized that God is still looking for those who remain, those who's willing to be leftovers. You may go, well, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all together. I don't, I, I don't even know if I'm really even good, of those, good enough. And I, I get it. We, we, we've been beaten. We've been broken. Some of us have been through battles. Some of us have come through battles. Some of us are in battles. That's all right. That's okay. God's still wanting the leftovers. I, I don't have my stuff all together, and that's okay. I don't have life all figured out, and that's all right. But I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. Peter and the 12 disciples had no idea really what they were going to do with their life. All they knew was Jesus came along and they decided to follow. And at that point in time, when everyone else left, they said, I don't care where they're going, Jesus. I'm going nowhere. I'm staying here when everyone else is leaving. I will be the one that's a leftover. And I hope one day when Jesus looks up and he looks across life and the dust has settled, I hope one day he sees Matt Snyder still standing there when everyone else left. 
saying, that's okay, I'm willing to be the leftover. And I hope you're standing with me. That's okay, we're willing to be the leftover. Oh, I don't have it figured out. I don't have life figured out. I don't have everything around me figured out. I can't begin to wrap my mind around it. I don't understand it. I get it. Sickness comes and sickness goes. I don't know. I'm still not leaving you. Difficult times come and difficult times go, and I'm still not going to leave you. The economy goes up and the economy goes down, and I'm still not leaving you. Presidents come and presidents go, and I'm still not leaving you. Church members come and church members go. Christians come and Christians go. Family comes and family goes. I don't know, God. I don't understand it. But I know one thing. When the dust settles, I want to be sitting at your feet. And I'm not going anywhere. Some of us this morning have, have been leftovers for a long time. I get a kick, and I, I, I wish the college students were here because this is probably directed more toward them. But for all of you who are younger today, you're like 25 years old, and you're loving to worship the Lord. I want you to come back and talk to me 40 years from now. Don't look around and go, oh, those old people, they don't know anything. I'm going to tell you about those old people. They've been here a lot longer than you have. They stuck around when others left. They gave when others wouldn't give. and They sacrificed when others wouldn't sacrifice. You don't even understand what it's quite like yet. We've got people in our church, you know, I not believe this. I'd come around and find, if I went around and went, we need a Sunday school teacher, you can't hardly find them. We've got a lady in our church that's taught Sunday school 60 years. Come back and talk to me after 60 years of serving the Lord. That's the person who's the leftover. That's the one that's the leftover. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone's willing to give when no one else would give. That's the leftover. When the one that's willing to serve when no one else will serve, I'll, I'm okay, I'll be the leftover. I'm all right with that. When everyone else would run, I'm okay with being the one standing. I want to be the leftover. God help me to be a leftover. I'm not perfect, and I don't have it all figured out. I'm a little bit like Simon was. I'm kind of a mess, and sometimes I don't do the right thing. Yet God's still looking at this piece of junk chair and saying, I think I, think I want to use that. I see something in there. I see something in that that no one else sees. I'm okay with using the leftovers. This morning my question is this, are you okay with being a leftover? Are you okay with being a leftover? Are you willing to stay when everyone else runs? Are you willing to, to go, God, here I am, use me? Whatever it means, I'm okay with that. God, whatever that means to you, I'm okay with it. If it means, if it means sacrifice, I'm okay with sacrificing. God, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with it. Because I trust you and I know you well enough to know you're not going to hurt me. So whatever you want to do, God, just do it. I'm okay with it. I'm all right with being the remnant. I'm okay with being the leftover. Is that our heart today? Is that our heart today? Do we look at other people and go, eh? Someone should have thrown them out a long time ago. Oh, wait a minute. God uses the leftovers. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be able to say, God, here I am. I'll follow you. I'll follow you.